welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. If you're an ambitious woman who wants to dominate your career, then you are in the right place. This podcast is co-hosted by Nikki Barua, digital innovator, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker. And Monica Marquez, ex-Googler, diversity expert, and senior corporate leader. From inspiring stories to cutting-edge strategies, you'll learn how to develop the skill set, mindset, and tool set to get future-ready fast and accelerate your success. Have you ever wondered how someone from a small town and no Ivy League degree can make it to the best jobs at the top companies? Well, that's exactly what we're going to share with you on today's episode, where I interview my co-host, Monica Marquez. Hi, Monica. So you have this incredible story and this very inspiring journey. Share a little bit about your journey and everything you've learned along the way. Okay, well, my story is uh, about always finding a way. As a young Latina growing up in a small West Texas town, the oldest and only daughter of a very traditional Mexican-American family, I had big dreams and I knew that I wanted to go out and conquer the world. The only issue was I didn't have a lot of role models or any role models really who had done the things that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But I knew deep down inside that I was going to do them regardless. So at a very young age, really applied myself, studied hard and applied to colleges and got into Yale and Princeton and all of these schools that sounded really wonderful. But I realized (laughs) really quickly that they were really far away from my family (laughs) and being young and naive and being the first one going off to a school, I actually made a decision to stay close to home. And it, you know, went and got my degrees, got my studies and built the confidence to then after, you know, getting my master's degree, packing up my bags and moving to New York City to the East Coast. And partly because of those big dreams of wanting to accomplish big things. I'll never forget, you know, the song, Frank Sinatra song, New York, New York. If you can make it there, you can make it Mm -hmm. anywhere. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to go there and I'm going to make it there. And then, you know, sky's the limit. So Packed up my bags, went to New York City, was fortunate to, you know, start working at, you know, some really amazing institutions like NYU and then had the opportunity to make a leap and move into the corporate space and work at Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, Ernst & Young, and then uh, went to Google. So was able to have had a long kind of winding career in different industries throughout my corporate life, but have learned so much along the way, but really wouldn't trade it for the world. I've learned so much and it's been an exciting journey. Wow, that's an incredible story. And as I hear you describe where you started off in the small town and chose a local school over Ivy League education, and yet were still able to build this incredible corporate career with blue chip brands like Goldman Sachs and Google and so forth. I mean, your story is truly an illustration that no matter where you come from, it doesn't define where you could go. So you started off in academia and Mm -hmm. then you made the switch to corporate. Now, that's not very common. I mean, there's so much that's different about those two worlds. Oftentimes, people struggle with switching, switching jobs, switching careers, even moving to new places. Mm -hmm. And yet you've had all these incredible transitions from, you know, the town you grew up with in Texas to moving to New York, to going from academia to corporate, 
and and switching what you had studied to what your career then became. Mm-hmm. Tell us more about those transitions and what that experience was like. Sure. Well, each one of those experiences definitely had those moments of of self doubt whether I could do it or not. But in my same MacGyver fashion, just decided that you know any time an opportunity presented itself, I was absolutely going to take it. And so at that time, when I had the opportunity, you know, knock at the door that I could, you know, take this job in corporate and finance industry to be more specific. You know, there was a moment where I was a little hesitant. And to be quite honest, because I didn't really know anything about corporate, (laughs) you know, uh, I had someone reach out and said, hey, there's this opportunity at Goldman Sachs. And my first initial reaction, to be quite honest, was who's Goldman Sachs? (laughs) And then after doing a little bit of research, I realized, oh, okay, that was probably the biggest (laughs) firm on Wall Street. (laughs) Exactly. But, you know, I, you know, just confiding in some friends and mentors and others knew that this was an opportunity I couldn't let pass by. So, you know, I made the leap. And again, with any any big kind of transition that you make, you'll always have those moments. And I still to this day struggle sometimes where you have those moments of self-doubt or those um, you second guess your decision. Mm -hmm. So I absolutely had that. I made that jump. And then for, you know, a split second started feeling what did I get myself into? I don't belong here. I'm completely inadequate. I'm surrounded by a lot of really smart people and they all had Ivy League degrees. And here I was this, you know, young Latina from a small town in West Texas, finding myself now at one of the leading organizations. And so I, you know, for a minute felt like I got paralyzed and then snapped out of it and kind of pulled myself up from my bootstraps and said, look, you're MacGyver, you can do this. And so I really quickly just learned as quickly as I could and adapted and really did my homework and really understanding what does success look like in this organization? And I'm going to do just that. And over the course of, you know, the years, I gained my confidence, I found my voice, and I just decided to, you know, never look back. Wow. That's incredible. And that's such phenomenal advice for anyone that's looking to switch lanes. Instead of being stuck in the slow lane or doing something you don't really love or it's not the best fit for your strengths or your competencies, here's a way that you're presenting about Mm -hmm. how anyone can switch to what they truly want. And really, it comes down to understanding what the definition of success is, Mm -hmm. learning to get there, and then having the right mindset to adapt to change quickly. Yes. So uh, your transitions don't just stop there. You continued with this journey of adapting to new things. um, And after all this incredible success in the financial services industry and in New York on Wall Street, you go to a completely different environment, yes. <laughs> move to the West Coast and yes. into the technology space mm-hmm. with Google. So tell us what that was like. I mean, that sounds like two completely different worlds in industry, in region and, and types of things, but also even something as simple as dress code. Yes. So how did you adapt <laughs> again? Again, with you know those transitions, you find yourself experiencing culture shock. And what I mean by that is each organization has its own unique culture. You know, you read about them. Um, In some cases, their culture kind of like, you know, is kind of who they are. People know them, those organizations by their culture. 
but you still experience that. It's just like if you were to travel the world and you mm-hmm. land in, you know, Rome or you go to, you know, China, you step out and you immediately feel that, you know, there's a huge culture shift. So I, you know, very quickly uh, learned that you have to immerse yourself in that culture and you have to learn to be bicultural in a weird way of like just starting to adapt to that particular culture. And so I really did immerse myself by first really understanding the culture of that organization. And some of it was doing my research. But the other was really, you know, in those first 90 days of getting there, of identifying uh, key people that I wanted to have, you know, coffee and conversations with and really understand that culture. And what I mean as it was, was pretty strategic in finding individuals who were successful and asking them how they navigated the organization and not being afraid to to ask for guidance. And they were usually always extremely helpful in that way. And it, making introductions so that I could just kind of hack my way through mm-hmm. learning the culture and speaking the lingo much faster at an accelerated rate instead of, you know, being, you know, sometimes people have this habit of coming in and then wanting to figure it out themselves or being afraid to ask. I learned really quickly to get over that fear of asking questions because I learned that it would just accelerate your success and give you the answer that you needed without the hours of like banging your head trying to figure it out by yourself. Uh, So it was very different. Some of the unique things were just regionally leaving the financial industry where it was extremely fast paced to moving to the West Coast where things were a little, little more casual, a little more slower getting rid of all my black suits and gray suits <laughs> and and uh, realizing I could wear jeans and T-shirts to work. And, you know, had to find my happy medium of, you know, OK, I'll always wear like a just a blazer and jeans. But, yeah, I think the most important thing is immersing yourself in that culture, understanding that culture. But most importantly, identifying, again, how do you define success in mm-hmm. that particular organization and in that culture and ask people how to navigate through that culture so that you can waste as minimal time getting to figure out what success looks like. It sounds like what you're saying is figure out the rules of the road so you can race ahead faster. Absolutely. Don't try to do it all on your own. That's great advice because you've clearly figured out how to succeed at all of these very different organizations and very different industries, very different places. And I think if we all followed that same kind of way of adapting, we'd be able to race uh, ahead without all the friction and frustrations along the way. Right. So Monica, across all of these incredible roles you've held in major companies and major industries, you've done a lot of pioneering work in the diversity and inclusion space. Mm -hmm. You have this unique vantage point of seeing patterns across the board What are some of the biggest challenges uh, you've seen that affect women from uh, in the workplace? Certainly. So from a macro level, I have had the opportunity to work at various different organizations and different industries. And many of these organizations are global in nature. And what I have noticed is that a lot of these gender challenges are global. They run the spectrum. They Mm -hmm. run the gamut. And I think first and foremost, one of the biggest challenges we see And we as women experience is that there is a lack of representation at the very senior levels. And part of this is that, you know, there tends to be a really strong critical mass at the more junior levels, at the entry level and where 
I personally was seeing patterns and am experiencing amongst colleagues is that there is a drop off somewhere in mid-career women not getting to the manager level or getting past a certain particular, you know, level of promotion. Mm -hmm. And part of those are pushes and pulls in the organizations, Mm -hmm. right? Depending on external responsibilities and things that women take on, some women choose to take a career break. And then it kind of creates a, I guess, more scenic route Mm -hmm. to, to the top. And so women tend to fall back in those promotion, you know, in those promotion ladders Mm -hmm. and we don't see it as often. And so what I was experiencing and and noticing myself is that there was a lack of more kind of support systems at the more junior levels. By all means, they're all the organizations are very focused on uh, diversity and inclusion and trying to uh, get more women at the top, but they only touch a, you know, we only tend to touch a few, a small percentage of those women at the top supporting them and helping them move along. But I feel that we would have a better service if we tapped more women at the more junior levels and really groomed them to accelerate their success. And I think we would see the residual effect of having more representation at the top. The second is that I personally experienced myself is women tend to not raise their hand and take some of those more glamorous, more visible roles that the organization, you know, really finds important and critical. We tend to take some of the regular roles that are a little bit more, they're extremely critical, but they're behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Um, Women tend to not want to stand up or stand out. They want to work really hard and they're passionate about what they're doing. And they shy away from some of these more glamorous, more visible roles. But really, in reality, it's that visibility that helps women sometimes catapult through their Mm -hmm. career. And during promotion cycles, when the doors are closed, what's being said behind the, you know, being said about them behind closed doors is there's a lack of visibility. You know, they don't lack that gravitas or that presence. And it's mainly because they haven't had the opportunity to showcase that Mm. because they're taking roles that don't really exhibit that or aren't giving them an opportunity to kind of flex their muscle. And then I would think that the third kind of challenge that I've observed is that we as women sometimes get in our own way. Mm -hmm. Uh, We allow our mindset and self-doubt to, you know, stop us from taking opportunities because we ourselves are trying to make sure that we uh, can check every box on the job description or that new promotion. Do you have all the you know, 10 competencies that are required where statistics show that, you know, women tend to not raise their hand if they can't check all 10 boxes. And men, on the other hand, if they can check four of those boxes, will immediately throw their name <laughs> in their hat. And and you see them progressing. They get the job and then they figure it out. And I think uh, we as women need to really embrace more of this MacGyver mentality and just in time learning and saying, yes, I'll take this role And I will just figure it out and just have that faith that you will find the skill sets and the confidence that you need to move forward. So, you know, those are kind of the top challenges that I see that are holding us women back. And if we can conquer those, then sky's the limit. Fantastic. So if all of these incredible things you've done in your career and creating so much impact for so many people, what are you most proud of or most grateful about uh, to have been able to do? Well, I've been fortunate to have a career in working in jobs that I'm extremely passionate about in diversity and inclusion. 
But I'll have to say that one of the most proud and excited programs I love to talk about is the Returnship Program that I created a little over 11 years ago at Goldman Sachs. And it speaks very well, actually, to what I was referencing earlier in terms of getting that representation at the top Mm -hmm. and maybe some, you know, and really about some of the issues that are kind of stopping women from getting to the top. And one of those is that kind of attrition or that drop off mid career for a lot of women where they would come in and early, you know, in the early stages of the career, they would hit the ground running make a lot of traction, doing really great work, and then life happens. And for a lot of women, there are, you know, responsibilities of family and things that they take upon themselves, and some choose to take a career break. And unfortunately, you and I both know that sometimes that gap on a resume can be what many consider career suicide. Recruiters tend to immediately see that gap, and they, in a split second, make a decision and put it in the no pile. And managers tend to be very risk averse of hiring someone who has a career break because there's this misconception that they are behind their times or that they aren't as dedicated to their career because they've already left, et cetera, et cetera. The returnship program was a beautiful kind of bridge to this, you know, idea of women leaving the workforce, but then having an opportunity to come back. And so uh, the returnship is exactly what it sounds like. It was an internship for women returning to work. And one, it mitigated the risk for hiring managers who weren't quite sure if the women would be able to come back in and hit the ground running. So it was a bit of a try before you buy type of program. And I'm proud to say that 11 years later, it's this program is still running strong. It has afforded hundreds and hundreds of opportunities for women across the globe uh, to re-enter the workforce and hit the ground running and not look back any, uh, any longer. And lots of other companies have adopted that template of helping women re-enter. So by far, I would say that is the most proud and closest to my heart kind of program that I helped launch uh, consider it my baby. <laughs> that sounds like um, that was your glamorous role, right? Highly <laughs> visible, yes. put you in the spotlight and uh, showcased your leadership and pioneering skills as well. Absolutely. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know it at the time, but it was kind of one of these one of a kind type of programs or first of its kind programs didn't have a benchmark, but we just moved forward. And I was fortunate to have the support of senior leadership and The rest is history. What if you could figure out exactly how to rise up faster in your career? Instead of wasting time on trial and error, imagine being able to pinpoint what's holding you back, where to focus your effort, and how to get results quickly. That's exactly what the Beyond Barriers quiz is designed to do. You'll get your personalized score based on 25 essential elements to accelerate career success in the digital age. And you'll get a free guide with cutting-edge career strategies that'll help you understand how to gain momentum and dominate your career. The Beyond Barriers quiz takes just a few minutes, but it'll save you months of frustration. Go to IamBeyondBarriers.com slash quiz and take the quiz today. So as you look back on your career, what are the top three things that helped you succeed? So the top three things, I think if I were to rattle them off really quickly, would be community, embracing the idea of just-in-time learning, and really finding your inner MacGyver and just figuring things out. So for community, 
really realizing that you are not going to be able to do it all by yourself. Community is really your mentors, your sponsors, even, you know, your family, the external, you know, support that you're getting. But I learned really quickly that, you know, navigating any kind of any of the cultures or organizations I was at, it was really reaching out to mentors and sponsors and individuals who had been there and learned to navigate and really telling them, hey, give me the shortcut. You know? <laughs> and, you know, how do I, you know, I don't want to take the wrong turn or I don't want to take the wrong detour. Can you just help, you know, be my, you know, tell me where the North Star is at and so that mm-hmm. I can know which way I'm going. So community, by all means, is something that is absolutely critical. And I think then it plays into, you know, you being able to, as I mentioned, MacGyvering and figuring your way out. You know, if an opportunity presents itself, take it, but then leverage that community and figure out what are the resources, what are the things that you need to do? So they kind of play hand in hand. I mean, you need to have a really strong network of peers, sponsors, Mm -hmm. mentors, And then when you take on these challenges, it'll give you that confidence of like, okay, I know I can figure this out because with the support of my community, they're going to help me navigate this. Mm -hmm. And so you'll find yourself not allowing yourself to let opportunities pass you up. And then I would think one of the most important, and I think even now when you think about the future of work and the disruption of technology, it's really embracing that idea of just-in-time learning, understanding that, you know, You don't know everything. And Mm -hmm. most of the time you don't know what you don't know. And don't let an opportunity pass you by just because you don't know it. Or if there's a promotion or a job that you are wanting to seek out and you look at the job, you know, the job rec and you're like, "Mm, I only have like eight or eight out of 10 of these. Throw your name in the hat and you will figure it out. Just embrace that just in time learning and leverage your network and just be able to, you know, MacGyver your way through it. I mean, I really think those three things will help you pave the way to success in any endeavor you take. And clearly, you're a great example of someone who has used those three things <laughs> and achieved all kinds of successes, despite, you know, where you started and, and where you've, uh, how far you've gone and continue to keep going. Yes. You mentioned the future of work and how organizations and industries are rapidly changing. Mm-hmm. It's also changing what's happening within those organizations. And as someone who's been a senior leader in human resources and in diversity, how do you see the role of those leaders changing in terms of what they need to be thinking about as it uh, relates to the future? That's a really great question. I think what most you know, HR professionals will tell you that keeps them up at night is just that disruption of the way work is is evolving the future of work is that, you know, there is a critical need to um, reskill and and upskill their talent. And so really thinking about how are they or, you know, how are the organizations really looking at, how are they training their people and how are they able to provide more cutting edge training to yeah. their individuals and not just at the senior levels or those who are at the mid to senior level, but really, how do you start doing that at a much more junior kind of manager level? Because where you see a lot of the attrition happen is at that, you know, uh, lower manager, mid manager level where, you know, there's the significant attrition. So how do you train them and upskill them so that they are, you know, progressing in their career? Because most of the time, you know, research and studies, you know, show that individuals leave organizations 
because they're looking for that next opportunity mm. or, you know, the bigger opportunity or the better opportunity. And one of the key, I guess, benefits that this, uh, you know, younger millennial population and just the other generations are looking for are just career development. They're looking mm. for development. They want to develop. And if you can afford them the opportunities in your organization, they're less likely to leave. Yeah. So I think, you know, just making sure that we you are thinking about cutting edge training, because a lot of training nowadays is not keeping up with the pace of technology or with the changing of technology. So how can you really help them, you know, embrace agile learning and getting them to think what's coming around the corner, mm -hmm. um, teach them the skills on how to do that, opposed to letting things happen and letting, you know, letting things disrupt them and, you know, instead let them disrupt themselves and, and learn a lot better. The other, I think, really key thing that organizations are starting to, you know, some more than others, but starting to realize that diversity of thought and diversity and inclusion is actually going to help organizations level up quicker and faster. Just being able to combine that idea of diversity and innovation Innovation is fueled by the diversity of thought. And if you don't have enough diverse individuals and people coming from, you know, looking at problems and solutions from a different perspective, you are going to basically, you know, not be as, you know, successful in that change um, as quickly as possible. It's interesting now there are more and more studies being done out there of how diversity is impacting the bottom line or impacting organizations and those organizations who are truly, you know, they're going beyond just the representation mm -hmm. of having strong diversity. What they're really doing is really including that diversity of thought in how they're developing products and solutions and solving mm -hmm. problems. And organizations that tend to do a better job of that tend to have about 6% higher margins than companies that don't. So leaders are starting to see that and really embracing that idea. But I do feel that you know, really thinking about cutting edge training and increasing that level of diversity and along the lines of innovation are, you know, what's really going to be critical in the future for organizations to be successful. So really focusing on how you develop the skilled and diverse workforce of the future. Absolutely. Um, but also recognizing that this isn't just about a feel good thing or a box to check, that it's really about the business case and the necessity for success where HR professionals and leaders aren't just a support function, but actually very core to the nature of the organizations and the agile cultures that will drive success for every business. Absolutely. Monica, you've shared so many incredible strategies and uh, pearls of wisdom. As a final question, what advice would you give to our listeners in terms of how they can get ready for the future and rise up faster. You've done an incredible job in your own career, kind of navigating through all kinds of things and mm -hmm. constantly leveling up. What advice would you give to our listeners? What advice? I think the most important thing is really developing that muscle of your mindset of not allowing self-doubt to rob you of any of these opportunities. I think in this really fast paced changing world, you know, technology is disrupting the work and the wor workforce as we know it. 
And it can create a lot of ambiguity and sometimes doubt and fear in people. But really embracing that mindset of, you know, you can figure it out. You will, you know, as long as you are anticipating and adapting Mm -hmm. and embracing the ideas of just-in-time learning and just being agile, you will get through it. And, you know, it's important to have a really kind of strong mindset and not allow just self-doubt to creep in. It happens all the time and just learn to kind of like, you know, flick that little character off your shoulder when it, <laughs> when it shows up. But we and, you know, we struggle with it all the time. I mean, I struggle with it all the time. And you have to learn to just recognize when it's happening and then just shake it off and know that you will be able to, you know, move ahead and know that, you know, any current situation that you're in right now, isn't going to stop you from achieving what you want to achieve. Just really flexing that muscle and, you know, keeping a strong, positive mindset, I think, you know, will certainly get you poised in the right position for all of this disruption that'll come your way. You'll just be able to conquer it and stay ahead of it. That's fantastic. So you have faith that you can MacGyver your way to where you want to be. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Spoken like the true MacGyver of the marginalized. <laughs> so thank you so much. Uh, really great ideas and recommendations and so many inspiring pivots that you've done throughout your career mm-hmm. that I think will serve our listeners really well in terms of understanding how they can do the same. So thanks again for your time. and. Looking forward to having many more conversations in the future. Well, thank you. I really do appreciate the time and the opportunity. Thanks for listening. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com, where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources referenced in this episode. And be sure to take the quiz on the website. Your score will tell you where you are, what helps you gain momentum, and what holds you back. You'll also get a free guide with cutting-edge career strategies. We'd also love to hear from you. Share your comments and topic suggestions on IamBeyondBarriers.com and we'll be sure to address them in future episodes. If you enjoyed our show today, please subscribe and rate the podcast or just tell a friend about it. See you next episode.